Welcome and thank you for listening to our Sunday broadcast. Join us as we receive from the incorruptible seed of the Word of God today from Pastor Robert Jackson of Word of Faith Worship Center in Concord, North Carolina. I remember uh, this might not have been exactly the first time I met Bob, but when me and Sherry uh, got born again, we was looking for a church uh, before I found God led us to Dr. Howard. We uh, He led us to uh, Gary Colstead in Mooresville off Macwood. I think it's Macwood Street there. Uh, <laughs> like I say, this might not have been the first time, but I, I heard Bob on the radio because he was, I think he was ministering before Jim, but then Jim was on the radio, and then Andrew Womack was on the radio. And I, I found out that uh, Bob was in. He mentioned, I think Bob mentioned Freedom, Freedom Christian Center, and that kind of led us, I think, he mentioned it on the radio. He'd be ministering there, and uh, and I remember we were sitting there. And me and Sherry, we wasn't in, we we wasn't helping. We was just serving. We was learning learning the word, so we just being ministered to. And I remember now, Bob's in the he's in the Navy, right? And then Gary Colstead there pastored the church. I think he's in the Army, if I remember right. You know, Gary he probably about just Pastor Gary Price, not Gary Price. Gary Colstead, he's probably about this, this tall on me. You know, he come up to my shoulder. So he's a little short man, but he's powerful, man. He just, he, the word of God hit him, the anointing hit him, he hit you. And I remember Bob, he, I think Bob was running a little bit late because sometimes he would lead worship there. But we had them, and that church had double doors, swinging doors. <laughs> and, and you come right into the pulpit. And Bob was coming in, and Gary was up there preaching. And Bob came in, and the Holy Ghost came in, and, and Gary said something to Bob, powerful. Bob came in those double doors. Next thing you know, he was going backwards. And he went out the double doors. <laughs> and I'm in, wow, we in the right place. God got us coming and got us going. <laughs> but, and then Bob, he was kind of drunk the rest of the service. But uh, I tell you what, if Gary, if God had a word for you from, from Pastor Gary Colstead, he's going to deliver it. <laughs> and he's got that little bit of army kicker behind him. You know what I mean, sergeant or whatever it was. Well, I tell you what, God will hit you, but he won't hurt you. Come on. The power of God to hit you, but it'll change you. It'll make you different. That's what we're believing for. Until he comes, until he receives us out of here, we need all the glory we can get in us, through us, to others. Amen. Uh, Rowan, he's kind of, <clears throat> he's sharing a couple of, some of his life lessons as he's going now. Rowan, Rowan and uh, Corbin have applied, have cert they got their certification to do the, uh, help me, uh, lineman school. They climbing poles, setting poles, going to be working on live electricity. <clears throat> Rowan ain't never worked on nothing in his life, <laughs> you know, except baseball and, and school and girlfriends, you know. But <clears throat> I can see his excitement. You know, they got they paying for his boots, steel-toed boots. And, but Rowan's telling me about this power, you know, about how, you know, you got laws of electricity. And we just kind of talking the other day, talking about how, you know, how – if you don't, if you're not respecting that law, if you're not grounded, you know, they, these squirrels knock a lot of transformers out. Squirrels, they like to chew on the line and then chew on the line until they hit the copper, they hit the live, hit the power, and that squirrel flies, but he'll put, he'll, Rowan said, they'll blow fuses out and blow transformers out. They get out there and change them. They said they're looking for fried squirrels somewhere. Because <laughs> somewhere, they, squirrels is the worst enemy to, to electricity, to alignment. And when he said that, Randy, you know what? I said, now, now, Rowan took Old Testament in high school, and they come up to him. They'd ask him questions because he knew the word. He knows the word. He'd been around the word. 
And he's talking about that. I said, I said, Rowan, can you remember? God, God showed us something like that in the Old Testament, talking about electricity and power. Come on, ministers, where, where are we at? Where that? So, help, you might help, help me, Pastor. When David had recovered the Ark of the Covenant, and he's taking it back to Jerusalem, and there's certain laws that he said the priest shall carry the ark. You had to be a priest, and there's some more laws there because it had to have poles, certain certain kind of poles. So they carrying the ark, you know, the terrain. I guess it's kind of rocky out there, and they walking, and I, I forget the the guy's name that departed real quickly in the Bible, but he, he's the old, he was there just, well, you know, thank God, he was probably praising God, thank God the glory's coming back, the glory, the, the ark, but they stumbled, and one of the priests stumbled, and the, the ark was getting ready to fall, so he reached out to help, grabbed that ark, and the glory came out, killed him, the, it said the glory, or that power came out of the ark, and you th might think, my God, thought god you're a god of mercy and grace well yes that guy's in heaven i mean he was trying to help god <laughs> trying to help god but god said there's laws i set things in laws and you've got to obey the law why because god can't lie if he says do this do this if you don't do this something's going to break out and it ain't going to be good so don't stumble with that and and and, and start and start accusing god no, somewhere we missed it. <laughs> we messed up. I don't know what would have happened, but the ark would have survived. <laughs> it wouldn't have failed. If it had failed, it would have, God, see, God wasn't in there. It's just his word has said, you do this and do this. It was an example of Christ coming, of the glory coming. Amen. And the glory is for our good. It's for goodness, good things. Miracles are good things. Miracles of Jesus. Come and see. Now, Wayne, go ahead and give your testimony. Elaine had a testimony before I got out last Sunday. She said, Pastor, she, my ear was ringing. My ear was ringing, this ear. It quit ringing, and then, Pastor, my other ear popped open. This is last Sunday. How, you hearing okay, Elaine? Believe in God. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne asked prayer for knees. Yeah, like... Uh, I was up there, and my knees have been hurting probably for two or three years, and I know it's, I've blamed it on about a thousand things. But, um, yeah, I just asked prayer for my knees because they were just in pain right at the moment. And, you know, I didn't really think about it, but, you know, I got prayed for, and God came upon me and, and healed me. Hallelujah. I didn't realize it at the moment until I came down those two steps. And then I thought, wait. That's not normal. <laughs> that, that's, that's not the way it's been feeling for two years. But I thought, you know, let me just give it a day. It just to see, not, it wasn't doubt. It was just, I don't want to go say I'm healed and then suddenly trip and fall on some steps and see, I told you, you know, that sort of thing. So I gave it to school because I knew the things that I go through at school. There are two, two or three steps that I go up every morning at school. And when I get out of my car, I'm already kind of tight because I drive so far, but I walked up the two steps. I was like, wow, there's no pain. And stood on concrete all day, you know, tile, concrete, all that. And then when I left, the same steps, it's like, that's it. As soon as I got in my car, I texted the pastor and said, I think you need to be the first to hear this. So I told him that my knees, I've not had any pain since. Praise God. Yeah.
Bible must be true. The B-I-B-L-E. And, and, and Wayne, or you receive your healing. We got a book over there, Brother Hagin says, how to keep your healing. <laughs> you need, to, you need, need that little book. It's over there. It's in the Bible. But that little book is just, how, okay, how do I keep it now? Because the devil, he's out to steal, kill, destroy. He wants to come back and, and bring, his, bring his junk. That's a good word. Brother Randall Greer would say, junk, bunk, and hogwash or something, something like that. That's what the devil has. But God has good things. Now, I want to read this uh, scripture, and I'm going to jump around a little bit. Uh, we, we still left that guy a little bit hanging down there in the house. You know, the four crazy friends getting him into the roof, you know. And, uh, but it's in Mark 2, 1 through 12, and also here, Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. We, the kids drew this and learned about miracles last year in Jesus. So they're right here in Matthew. This is their drawing of that guy, the crippled man getting broke, let down through the roof. And uh, Mark's account here, Luke's account says, Now it happened on a certain day. I like certain days, right? As Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had came out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord, where Jesus is, there's power. The power of the Lord was present to heal. See, God's no respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. See, faith is like the conduit that the power of God flows through. Just like electricity uses copper, God uses faith. Come on. And if your faith is wired up right, you're going to get healed. Come on. <laughs> and uh, behold, four men, four crazy men looking for Jesus, brought their sick buddy who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. And when they could not, now Marie Riviera, she's a, she's a good uh seeker of the word, gets in there and digs things out. She creates this calendar for us. She told me, I thought this was uh, Peter's house, but I think she was saying this is Jesus's house. This is the Lord's house. I tell you what, to get a miracle, you, he don't mind you tearing up his roof to get the power, amen? He got somebody, he got people on staff that can take care of the roof, but he's the only one that can take care of your miracle, amen? So don't get out of your, don't get out of your job position. Let God do his job, you do your job. You bring the friends and he'll bring the power. Come on. You bring them to church and he'll, he'll you know, and it don't have to be church because you the church. You just believe, you let the power flow from you. And, uh, but here, these four crazy friends, they said, man, door, we, we full. We can't get in. You know, we went to eat, we, we, Ruthie's in, Ruthie and Evan. This is my lovely youngest daughter and her husband, Evan. They're all the way from South Carolina. But her birthday was February the 10th. So we, we took her out. She wanted to go to Limeburgers. See, People tried to come to get Jesus. They can't get in the house. There's too many people. We went to Limeburgers, drove an hour to get there, and guess what? They said, we ain't taking no more. House is full. You know what the Holy Ghost said? Big Daddy's. If anybody knows Moore's, well, that's the next best restaurant right down the road. Big Daddy's. And when I said that, see, when we was going to go in, I was getting out. They were dropping me off. The guy comes walking out. He said, they ain't taking no more. I said, Big Daddy's. I didn't know him. I got back in the car. He, he, he followed us to Big Daddy's. They all the way from Hickory. They're about an hour. They, they come to Limeburgers too. I tell you what, when the house is full, don't give up. Keep looking. Jesus got some steak for you somewhere. Come on. A lot of people wanting, wanting to get all this stuff when they get to heaven. Well, I like steak. I want to get steak on my plate while I wait down here. Give me some steak, Lord. I don't want to wait to get to heaven to get healed. I want it now. 
say now. And so when, when the house was full, they couldn't get in. Somebody had an idea. Somebody must have been a, a carpenter, a roofer, somebody. He said, uh, they went up on the housetop and let this man down through his bed, through the tiling in the mist before Jesus. Verse 20. And when Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, he saw their faith, he said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven. Faith always finds Jesus. Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes, all the other people that was in the house listening to Jesus, they begin to reason in their heart. Sin, who can forgive sins but God? See, they, 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 they know the law. They know the, the Torah, man. They know the laws. We got to do something for this to happen. We got to do something. This man ain't done nothing. He paralyzed. And you, you're going to forgive their sins? Who can forgive sins but God only? Well, Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, through the operation of the gifts of discerning the spirits, knew in his heart, and he said in verse 22, but when Jesus perceived a discerning of the spirit, of their human spirit, he answered, when he perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? See, reasoning, thinking about it, you're not going to find the miracle. You got to believe. When Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, that's time to be free. <laughs> be free. And G but Jesus said, which is easier to say? Here comes the teacher out, teacher gift. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise up and walk? Which one's easier, disciples? It's easier to say, hey, your sins are forgiven if you cripple. Because I ain't got to see you get up. But Jesus said, I can do both. <laughs> Amen. He said, I can do both. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was he ain't walking yet, but Jesus said, who was? <laughs> Jesus already seen him walking. So you, gotta, you can't let others determine uh, your miracle. Jesus already seen the man walking as he's coming down the roof. See, faith sees the impossible, and uh, it reaches for it, amen, and makes it doable. Makes it doable. Son of man has power on earth so that you may believe, he said to the man who was paralyzed. I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Say, and then say immediately. immediately. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. This, these guys had faith, and they didn't have to wait. They didn't have to wait. Immediately, the man felt strength in his numb legs. He rose up before them took what he'd been lying on and departed to his own house. I can just see him, I can see the crowd moving, you know, as he walks through. He got that old cock probably stinking because he's lying on, you know what I mean? You can't get up, you can't take care of yourself. You're always relying on somebody. I see him throwing it. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Threw that thing away. He probably, he probably running out of that place. Probably looking for his wife or, her, or his family and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah, it says he left the house glorifying God. Amen? Miracle. And they were all amazed. They could have all been healed, but they just all amazed that this man got healed when the power was there to heal them all. But they were all glorified God, and it said they were all filled with fear, saying, 
we have seen strange things today. I, I, I want to see them today. There's a song out there, strange things. It's one of them probably Disney movies. Strange things are happening. Strange things in the Bible. See, it was strange to them because they ain't never seen it back in that day. It's a new day. Christ was on display. Amen. The Christ, the Messiah. All right, I'm on, I'm, I had some more notes there. But today, I wanted to focus a little bit on the keys to miracle. See, we've been talking about the miracles. We've been seeing miracles break out. I want to continue to see them break out. And my pastor called me, was telling me about that testimony. And you know what he talked about? What he's been hearing, he's been, he's been hearing there's an atmosphere of faith. There's an atmosphere in this place for miracles. See, let's, let's keep the atmosphere. What, what we learned, what we've been doing, let's just keep doing it. Amen, until he comes. Not just in this place, not just in his house, in your house, in your temple. When you leave this place, don't let the world tear you down. Keep letting Jesus lift you up because somebody needs a miracle. Amen. You're, we're carrying the miracles of God in earthen vessels to other people to pour out. God says in the last day, I'm going to pour out my spirit. How's he going to pour it out? He's done poured it out on Pentecost, right? He's done poured it out. And he's still he going gonna to use you and me to pour out of us on the other people. Now, God can still do it by, the, by that way, too. But I'm just saying he poured it on the church. And then now he wants the church to go out there and make disciples. Pour yourself, pour your spirit into somebody else's spirit. Amen. Your faith. They can't live on your faith. My kids can't live on my faith. They got to live on the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his, gave his life for me. So this atmosphere, now, this person don't know I'm going to call on them, but once you, you know, born into the family of a priesthood, sometimes your kids become, what? They become, uh, how would I say that? Prods up here, they become, what's that, Pastor? You use things as, as an example. I can't think of the word. Ruthie. Training aids. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a real professional word. So, Ruthie, if you'll just come up. I, you know, I'm not going to make your husband come up, even though y'all want. Cause he, he wasn't raised around us, but, you know, he's among us now. But Ruthie was raised in this, this crazy household of faith. And, uh, just, yeah, just come on up because I'm going to give you the mic. I know she, she's not afraid of mics. She's a, she's a math teacher now in South Carolina, but her and her mama's upstairs, but I'm going to get some of it wrong, but she's probably heard the story. So when Ruthie was born, you can stay right there. When Ruthie was born, she was a pretty baby. She always, she's always been a pretty baby. But as she grew, now mama's in heaven, her grandma's in heaven now, but as she grew and got a little older, uh, her legs were bowed. Now, we're bowed to the point that, you know, I'm in lumber. I can tell if a board's warped or not, Terry. You know, you can look down it and you can see. Well, you could see when Ruthie was, you know, they start to crawl and then they start to walk. Well, when she would walk, she had them bowed legs. Now, it wasn't that some people, they really, really, hers was maybe a 20 to 30 degree, but they were bowed. But we didn't call them bowed. We said, me and my wife together said, we thank you, Father God, that Ruthie has beautiful white, white straight legs. Beautiful, whatever adjectives we put on it. Well, mama would come over. Mama, mama would come over. Oh, look at them pretty bowed legs. That's what she said. That's what mom, now, mama just trying to be nice to Ruthie because, you know, she's seen it. You could see it. You could see them bowed legs. And we say, mama, no, we're not believing for that. We, Ruthie's legs going to be straight, perfectly straight. That's what we, that was our, that was our confession. So I don't know the process. Do you remember the process? She's going to say something here. But anyway, stand right there in the middle. 
and, and just stand and, and do a profile straight. Put your legs together. Everybody see the camera? See, now turn the profile this way. Anybody see any bowed legs? No bowed legs down there. They were bowed. And we probably got pictures. I didn't have time to dig through some pictures or videos. But she had bowed legs, but she don't have them no more. Anything miracle done for you? You testify to that, Ruthie? You remember being bowed legs? <laughs> how, old, how old was I? You was probably three, four. Remember little red, white, the red dress? Bow hair, blonde, bow hair. Oh. No, I don't, but, but all I've known is straight legs, so <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, Ruthie. <clears throat> you have what you say. So if you don't like what you have, change what you're saying. But just don't say it because I said it. Say it because the Word of God says it. As a man thinks in his heart, so is it. I don't want, I didn't want, we didn't want... Nothing against the way people are born, but you can be changed. You can be born again. You can speak the word of God and things can change. Amen? Amen. Things are changing. That's the key to miracles. Hebrews 11, 6. Kelsey, if you'll pull this on the board. Hebrews 11, 6. <clears throat> but without faith, you're going to have bowed legs if you got bowed legs. I'm talking about the faith of God. You got faith for what you believe in. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, how are you going to get miracles? First, to come to God, he's the miracle worker. He's the creator of all the heaven and earth, everything that we see. He that be, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is God. You got to believe that first. That's the key to miracles. You got to believe that he is and that he's not just God. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you don't like what you're born with, get born again. If you don't like the way you're born, if you're not born again, get born again. Because things will change. Because Jesus said when he sowed the word, when he was teaching about the word, he says, as if a man goes and takes seed and sows it into the ground, the farmer. You sow the seed in the ground, good ground. Don't sow it in the rocky ground. Take your seed, put it in good ground, go to sleep. Because the Bible said you, you put the seed in the ground, you go to sleep. You don't, you, don't, you don't think about it growing. You don't wonder if it's growing. You believe it's growing. Don't understand how. That's just the way God set it up. And that seed, depending on the germation time, if you'll watch it, if you can do a time lapse. I'm going to do that one day. I've done, done it. I've seen it. That seed put in the ground, it starts coming, breaking out, but it goes down. Roots go down before you see anything come up. Jesus came down, come on, he came down and put his roots, he put his feet, he put his faith back into this earth, Randy. He put his roots down for 30 years. We didn't see no miracles, but things was getting ready to pop up, Jim. Jesus put his roots down, he put his, he put himself into the word of God, he has the word, but he had to grow just like we do in the word. Put himself into the synagogue for 30 years until daddy said his time. When he was 12 years old, there was a feast going on. Jesus found himself in the temple. He was listening and teaching, answering questions, and his caravan went home. Joseph and Mary, they thought Jesus was in the caravan. They got three, down, three, rows or three days or two days down the road and found out Jesus wasn't there. You just don't get back into, you don't call a taxi and go get your son. You got to get back on your camel. Where's Jesus? He was about his father's business. Amen. What are you doing? Amen. 
Has anybody had, have you been, have you went missing in action <laughs> because you were Jesus? Come on, I'm talking about your priorities. Jesus found out who he was in the scriptures. And at age 12, he was becoming a son of the law. He was transitioning into the son of man to the son of God. You know, this, I, mama found him. Mama ready to take that, whatever they whip him with back then. Going to lay it to him, Randy. But the Lord said, do you not know? I must be about my daddy's business. You know what she did? She could, and the Lord touched her heart. I said, Lord, but, but, he, but he, he, got back, he got back in the caravan that day, but he, had, he was fulfilling scriptures, Jesus was. And he, was, he found out, his, he was finding his purpose at 12 years old. Amen? So that's what we got to do is we got to believe God is. The key to miracles is believing God is the miracle worker. And he's for you. He's not against you. And then Jim, Pastor Jim, talking about the atmosphere. See, I, I sense there's an atmosphere. I, why? I don't, I don't feel things hit me and, and going right back out. I feel, them, I feel them just sinking in. Amen? But see, you're not going to have that everywhere. When you go to work, when you leave this place, and thank God this is a place where we can have an atmosphere of faith, believing for miracles, but it's not going to be out there in the world when you go, but you are. that place. You can take that place, and you can, you can set, your, set your stakes down. No matter where you go, you can enlarge your territory. Amen? And you be like Peter. Sun's out and the shadow hits somebody, they get healed. The shadow of Peter's faith. Amen? And that's, that's, that's what we believe in for. That's what we expect. And Matthew 5, 35 through 43, my pastor said, what, I, what I'm like, what I'm hearing, pastors, it, Word of Faith Worship Center, there's an atmosphere of faith when you walk in that place. See, we, we, faith is tangible. It can be seen. It can be felt. It can be left in your seat. I mean, in the pew. You know what I mean? The anointing. I'm talking about the anointing. Uh, I think we, we believe for somebody talking about that. Jack, Pastor Jack ain't here, but we was talking about Wednesday night. He gave one of his grandsons his car, and he was asking for prayer Wednesday night. You know what I said? The Holy Ghost said, Jack, didn't you ride in that car? Didn't you sit in that driver's seat when you were filled with the Holy Ghost? That was your car, right? Paul, it says, the Bible says, Paul, it says, uh, clothes and aprons and handkerchiefs was taken off the apostle Paul's body and laid on people that were sick and had demons in them. And the demons had to leave and the sickness had to leave because of that anointing that was in him, got in that cloth. I said, Jack, you've been driving that car. That same anointing is in you, is in that cloth. It'll get on your grandson. Yeah. Amen. In Jesus' name. Next thing you know, here he is, changed. Amen. Preach, he might, he, Lord, turn him into a preacher if he's a preacher, that calling. That's believing for things that will make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. God likes things that go, hum. Amen? He likes faith that goes, hmm. Ain't never heard it like that, Pastor. Stick around. Matthew 5, 35 through 43, and talking about this atmosphere. While he yet spake... There came from the ruler of the synagogue. Now, Jesus, he was about doing the Father's business, out in the streets, going from town to town. Uh, there was this ruler of the synagogue chasing him down, said, My daughter's dead, Lord. My daughter's dead. And they said, Why, why are you troubling Jesus any further? She's dead. Come on, let's get ready for the, you know, we got to get ready for the, mor the morning process. And as soon, immediately, as soon as you're talking about the author of life, hearing about somebody's dead, it don't calculate in his brain. 
If you're, the, if you're the person, the author of life, death don't calculate in your brain. Death can't be around you, around somebody that has life. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, fear not, believe only. See, those that believe shall receive. Believe only. And he suffered no man to follow him. Talking about the atmosphere for miracles. See, what Jesus just spoke, now he said, I got to get people, I got to get people that believe like I believe. And he said, he suffered no man to follow him to this place except Peter, James, and John. They were called the sons of thunder. Why? They believed in power. They believed God. They, I think they heard God's word speak like thunder, and they saw manifestations. And Jesus said, uh, he nicknamed them sons of thunders. He said, come on, boys. We got work to do. Next verse. And they came into the house. This atmosphere came into the synagogue, and they saw the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. Not don't we don't need that for when we believe in for miracles. We don't need no crying. We don't need no sympathy. We need faith. Come on, we need faith for resurrection power. So Jesus, what did he do? He came in when he was come in. He said unto them, Why make you this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead. But she sleeps. Boy, you think the whole crowd would have got in faith. <laughs> Praise God. She ain't dead. She ain't dead. What did they do? And they laughed. Laughed at Jesus. Don't you know that just made him feel good, Tammy, in the flesh? They just laughing. <laughs> laughed him. And when he and when he what did he do? <laughs> Excuse me, see the door? <laughs> bye bye. I ain't sure how Jesus did it, but he's, he's not, he, I'm not going to have no fear. We ain't going to have no crying. We're going to have shouting when I get done. So he said, excuse me, out the door. We'll see you in a little bit. He took the father and the mother. Why, that's their child, if two of you shall agree. See, this is the offspring. That's their offspring. That's their seed, Wayne. He took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand, prayed, fasted, fought off devils, cast out, bound the devil. Who knows what it He took the damsel by the hand and said, Tabitha, Kuma, which is being interpreted. Damsel, I say to thee, arise. Miracles. The key to miracles is you ain't fighting the devil. Jesus wasn't fighting the devil because he's done lost. Because he's not the author of life. He's not God. The devil's not. Jesus is. He didn't have to bind and loose the devil. He didn't have to do all that stuff. He is life. And I don't even know if the demons were in the room of presence. I don't even know if they were cause of the death. It don't matter. Don't try to figure it out. Just believe. Believe that Jesus, he's the key to miracles. And arise. Next verse. And straightway. Whew, hallelujah. Straightway she arose and walked, for she was of the age of what? Twelve years old. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. Never seen this before. Never seen a miracle like this before. I like the next verse. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. I like Jesus. You die, he'll get you up and then he'll feed you. Amen. <laughs> Give this girl something to eat. See, that's Ruthie right there. She comes, she knows her birthday. Where are we going to eat? Why? She's alive, man. When we alive, we want to eat. And I tell you, I, I worked pretty hard yesterday. Me and Leo come up. We got some, I, my wife's been wanting to get some floor put down. And from eight till about six on my knees, back and floor, I really wasn't that hungry. I mean, I was hungry, but I wasn't. I, I could even eat a quarter of a steak. 
Now, I eat my oyster stew. I like that. But I tell you what, Jesus is the key to miracles. But he still has to have, down here on this earth, he has to have an atmosphere of faith. It just, that's just the way the law works. The law of faith works. Any fear, any unbelief, and there's all kinds of unbelief, natural unbelief, spiritual unbelief. You just got to work on keeping it out. Keep putting the Word of God in, and you'll have the, the Word of God bringing harvest. But if you let fear come in, fear has a harvest. Fear is a seed. It gets in your heart, and it works the same way. It'll come up, and you'll have a spirit of fear. No reason. I used to be afraid of spiders before Christ. I still don't like them much. I don't sit down and have a conversation with them. Kelsey will tell you that. You know, I was, we pulled in some stuff moving around. I said, I think there's some spiders. She jumped back. I said, they're dead, though, dead spiders. I ain't afraid of them no more. They're afraid of me. You know how much bigger you are than a spider? You ain't got as many eyes, but you're bigger. <laughs> don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what God created. I know there's a curse working. I ain't telling you don't do stuff. And if you, if, you're not, if you don't have faith in that, walk away from the spider. Walk away from the snake. Amen. Walk away. Or get you a gun. <laughs> Amen. Get you a distance and get you a gun and take care of the snake. If it's a bad snake. Amen. Not every snake's, snake's bad, they tell me, but I, I ain't believed that one yet. We have to have an at, God needs an atmosphere of faith. Mark 8, 22, 26. Another instance, Jesus came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him. If you're blind, it's going to take a miracle. And besought him to touch him. And Jesus took the blind man. I say, what, what you want, what God's going to do could be totally different things. <laughs> there was a man, Leo just said, there's somebody just came to this door, won't know if they could have some gas money. Today I said no, Pastor, because I didn't hear the Holy Ghost say yes, but that's not the first time they came to the door. They need to come in the door. If you'll get in the door in 2024, you'll have more. Get in the door of Jesus' door. See, because we could give some gas money, but you know what? They're going to run out of gas again. But if you get Jesus, he's never let you go empty. See, it's the word of God that's going to change. Your, you'll have change in your pocket. Amen. Cash in your wallet with Jesus. It might, it might not all show up overnight. God's probably going to, he's going to give you something to do to get the cash. It's called W-O-R-K. Work. Y'all ever watched the Dobie Gillis program? That goes back. That was a bad word to Dobie Gillis. Work. Work. <laughs> Mama, work to me when I was 12 was get your socks up out of the floor and put them in your drawer. That's at home. That's Mama. I tell you what, I didn't do it all the time. Mama let me know it. <laughs> get your dirty, dirty socks. Now, she washed my dirty socks, but she expected me to put them up off the washing machine and put them in the drawer, Tammy. That's the least I could do, right? Especially if she washed them for me. So each, let's each do our part. Amen. God created us to do more than wash socks and put drawers in your sock drawer. Amen. God has created you each for a purpose. And without you fulfilling your purpose, some company, some organization is hurting. They're missing you. Now, if you're retired, God's still got something for you to do. Pray. You still got to go eat somewhere. Be a blessing there. Amen. Tip somebody. <laughs> that's helping somebody else. That's still working. Man, that's, that takes faith to take some money and tip somebody. Amen. We did that last night too, didn't we, Ruthie? They calculated for 10 minutes over. I'm like, give me that thing. I didn't have my wallet on me. I left it at home. 
they calculate. She's a math and then doing it. I said, just give me the thing. I'll put a number down there. Amen. We different. Some of us different. I just round it off when it comes to tips. Now, when they take my money, I don't round it off. I said, no, that's what I want. You know, they, they want to round stuff off now. I'm like, no, nobody wanted, nobody wanted to round me off, give me some extra. When I was growing up, if I made, if I worked so many hours, wage by the hour, it came down to the cent. <laughs> and that's what I got. But I ain't going to be that person. I, you know what I mean? I want to give. I want to be a giver. Round it over. Then give some extra. <laughs> right? That's the way God did. He gave us Jesus. Did I finish with this guy? This guy's still blind. Jesus got this man and took him by the hand and took him out of Concord, took him over to Mooresville. Now, this ain't harping on Concord. This is just using it as an example. He didn't go that, Jesus didn't take, have to take him that far. But he took him out of his town, and when he went out there, Tammy, uh, Terry, he spit on him. Now, why Jesus, now we're getting there. He spit on his eyes and put his hands on him and said, and asked him if he saw now. And he looked up and said, well, I see men as trees walking. That ain't good enough in the kingdom of God. Come on, God didn't make us trees. He made us male and female, men and women. And after that, Jesus put his hands on him again upon his eyes. He didn't spit on him this time. It made him look up, and he was, look up, come on. Quit looking around and look up. Look up. Where's he He's looking to heaven. He's looking to the Father. He's looking to the hills, which comes as help. Look up. And when he looked up, Jesus didn't say, look at me. He said, look up. Now, if Jesus was in front of him, if the guy was short, he saw Jesus. Right? He'd be shorter. Look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. What's the next verse, guys? I didn't. And he sent him away to his house saying, don't go, and tell, don't, don't go into this town or tell it in that town. See, sometimes Jesus would say, don't tell it. Then he'd say, go tell it. They didn't listen. A lot of times they didn't listen. It's hard if you're blind to go tell somebody, you, not go tell somebody, I can see. They can just tell by your walk you can see. You're not running into things anymore, right, Terry? But what happened here? Jesus had to take this man out of that old town that's full of unbelief. He had to get him out here somewhere where he could focus on what he was saying and what he was doing. Fear and unbelief will kill a miracle. It'll kill your faith. And, 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 and you, can, you can be this great man and woman of God in faith, but you cannot go hang around people that, all, that say God's the problem and do all this. It will affect your faith. Now, I'm not saying don't witness to them, but don't hang around with them. Don't spend all day with them. Why? Because it's going to affect you somewhere. And God's trying to affect you with his word. With his, he knows you need a miracle. Hallelujah. So that's an atmosphere. Jesus had to change the surroundings sometimes. Get you thinking about this miracle here. Amen. And then another key to miracle, John 2, 1 through 5. <laughs> this would be a good t-shirt, Cindy. I'm, I mean, don't go working on it right now. I'm just saying, whatever Jesus says, do. Do it. Nike, Nike took that, just do it, but they left off Jesus. I'm not saying they did. You know what I mean? But they got that. Just do it. That's what Jesus says. John 2, 1 through 5, and the third day, there was a marriage, first miracle Jesus ever did. There was a, mar there was a miracle. <laughs> 
I'm getting my M's together here. There was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And I'm, I'm thinking this was kind of somebody in the family got married, having a marriage ceremony, having a, a blessing ceremony. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Mama called Jesus. Remember, today's the day. Be there in your best, whatever they wore, tunic, whatever. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, Jesus, uh, whatever she called him, they have no wine. You know, you know, when mama's concerned, you can tell she's concerned and she's looking at you for an answer. That was that look she would give him. Jesus, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, and that's the culture that he would not be in disrespect. Woman, what have I to do with thee in this situation? My hour has not yet come. Why? He's that new wine, Randy. Jesus is that new wine that's going to be poured out. Amen? My hour has not yet come. But, G but his mother said, Jesus gave mama the look too. <laughs> Jesus is 30 years old. Mama and Jesus, they got this thing. They know each other. You know, the, you know the look, Ruthie. You know when mama gives you the look. You know what to do. You know when to say and when not to say. Je Mary gave the look. Jesus gave the look. And Mary said, whatever he says, do it. Because she done knew. She done, put, she done asked for something. And she knows that Jesus got to do. Jesus is going to do it. <laughs> and, and, and what happened? What happened? Next. Did I just say two through five? I, kinda, I want to read this a little bit. And Jesus, there were six water pots of stone. Now, this is water that you washed your feet in. Feet, wa feet, feet washing water. So don't do this miracle unless you know Jesus is telling you to do this. You know what I mean? And don't tell the people where the water came from. But after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Now, you space cadets, you might think that's from Star Wars, firkin. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He didn't say fill them up with wine. He said fill them up with water. And he said, and draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. Wouldn't you think, I'm thinking if Jesus, I'm on, I want, Jesus, I want you to taste it first. I got to take this to the governor, this feet washing water. The miracle just didn't happen until all these kind of like dots were in a row that what Jesus said do. Bear it and take it to the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. See, this is, this is spiritual. We are the bridegroom, amen. Jesus is going to call us one day to that marriage supper of the Lamb where there's going to be that new wine, amen, that Jesus is going to sit down with his church, and we're going to drink that new wine, and we're going to sit at his table, and we're going to feast, but until then, that's the great marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. That's when we are the bride of Christ. But until then, he took care of the people. He took care of mamas. And, and this governor said, up until now, we ain't tasting no wine like this. Because I tell you what, when Jesus does a miracle, can't nobody touch it. Amen. Can't nobody make it better than Jesus. And that's what he represents. He represents the Father and the goodness of God and the glory of God. And that's what we represent. We represent, we're displaying Jesus here on the earth. And if you haven't been doing it right, just repent and start doing it right. Amen? Just speak, what, just speak the right way about Jesus. Because so many people are speaking wrong about God. They don't know about God. But we know. Amen? And we're going to do exploits in the earth. 
So whatever Jesus says, do it. A couple more verses here, and we'll close this thing down today. Matthew 14, 13 through 21, talking about whatever Jesus, keys to miracle. Keys to miracles. Matthew 14, 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place, desert place. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. You know, I mentioned this last Sunday. We got people that can walk to church and still not in church. But we got people in Jesus' day, they were breaking through the roof to get people to church. We can't get people just to come to church. Healed coming to church. <laughs> These people needed Jesus, but they were finding a way to get to church. That's the tenacity that you, that's what it takes to receive a miracle. Is I got to have Jesus and I got to have everything he has. And Jesus went forth and he saw a great multitude moved about. He was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, Lord, it's a desert place. The time has now passed. Send the multitude away because they, they, they got to go somewhere. They got to go get some food. They got to get some vittles. That's kind of like the hillbilly. That's what you hear on good, Beverly Hillbillies. You got to get some vittles, victuals. But Jesus said, that, see, that would have been the easy thing. Send them away, Lord. They need to go eat. But Jesus said, nah, if we can heal them, we can feed them. That's what the Father told Jesus because he didn't do nothing except he heard from Father. And God said, nah, let's show a miracle. Let's feed these people. And they need to depart. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. He done passed this over to the disciples. Test time, Wayne. You know, you've been teaching those kids in school, this and that. Test time, Ruthie. You've been putting in all the sweat. Let's see what they're going to do. What happened? Next verse. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fish. What's that, Ruthie? Seven. And there's... And Jesus said, he didn't say, man, we a little short. There are about 5,000 men plus women out here. At least 15,000, 20,000 people out there. With kids, they at least had two. Keep multiplying. Crowd getting bigger. Five loaves, two fish. What are you going to do, Tammy? We're going to ask Jesus what to do. <laughs> what do we do? Jesus said, bring them here to me. Bring, those here, bring them here to me. Jesus, amen miracles and he commanded the multitude to sit down while jesus saw something sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and what did he do there's something about keys to miracle is looking up don't look down at the ground this is down here on earth don't look what you can do look up to what god has done looking up jesus took that two loaves five loaves two fish looked up to heaven blessed it when you and break it and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. The miracle took place with the help of the disciples. That's what God's asking us to do. The miracles are only going to take place when we go out here and take the miracle, take what God gives us, look up, break it, put your hands on it, speak something out of your, speak something out of your heart, out of your mouth, and we're going to see miracles. Amen? Now, if Jesus says, send them somewhere, send them. But if he says, take what you got and feed them, be looking for miracles. Amen. And you're only going to hear it. You'll hear it by the Holy Ghost. You know, Rowan, he asked me, Dad, he said, be praying for me. I got to take that test, that CDL test. You know, that you got you to pass. And I called him because I've been praying. I knew the time and I looked on my little map thingy and I see him moving. So I know he's not at the test thing no more. So I, called, I figured he's going to call me. 
you know, and, and be exuberated. I got it. I got it. Well, he didn't call, but he got it. He got about three-fourths of the test. He missed the hydraulic brake part. So I said, and, he, and I love what he said. I'm going back Monday to finish that. Don't wait. While it's fresh in your mind, you might have failed it, but it's still fresh in your mind. Go back, and you'll, you'll get the right one this time. Don't rush through it. See, a lot of people just what? They give up. I'll wait. A, no, don't wait because your prayer is still active, waiting for you to pass that test. See, the Holy Spirit will bring back to your members to pass that test. Whatever Jesus says, do, do it. And the last one as we close today, talking about keys to miracle, is in 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 through 15. I like it. It's the spirit that I've been brought up in for the last 24 years. 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Paul talking to the church at Corinth. We having the same spirit of faith, according to as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. One more verse. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall also raise us up and shall present us with you. 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound, redound to the glory of God. What, it started with his glory and it ends with his glory. That's the key to miracles. Amen. But we're a part. We're, we're a part. The church is a part. Jesus had to depart. And you know what? As, as, a, as a man and as friends to those disciples, that, that, was hard. that was hard for Jesus to do. Not so much. And the cross, he had to bear that too. But I, you know what I think really hurt him the worst is he had to leave his friends early at the age of 33 years old. But that was all in the word. It had to be fulfilled. Every jot, every I dotted, every T crossed, Jesus paid the ultimate price. He didn't waver, but as a man, he sweated. He was under pressure. What he had to do, nobody in this world could do it but him. And the pressure of this world all that pressure was on Jesus. But you know what he did? He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And that relieved the pressure. I didn't, it didn't make it easy, but he rested in that promise that, Father, you brought me into this world. Now, Jesus had already settled it in the spirit before he came, that he'd be the sacrifice, that many would come and be born again and be saved and receive miracle working power. Amen? And it's, it's now it's full circle. But there's nothing else that we've got to, there's nothing we can do. Nothing you got to do for a miracle except believe and then do what Jesus says to do. I'm talking about works. There's nothing you can do. God's love, that's been settled in Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave Jesus. And the sacrifice that Jesus did covers all the curse, all the mistakes that we made, our failures. But don't focus on your failures. Focus on the promises. Because if you focus on failing, the devil will help you. <laughs> he'll, say, he'll, he'll give you all the fuel you need to fail. The devil will. When Jesus says, you can't carry it. It's too heavy for you to carry. Jesus said, I carried it. I took that burden. I took that, I took that pain. I took that whipping. I took all the stripes on his back for your healing. 
He took all the mental pain and torment that the devil brought, the mocking and the, and the laughing and the pulling of the beard. He opened up not his mouth because his focus was on us. That he would come back as the lion of the tribe of Judah, but not now. Now he was going to be the lamb that would be the sacrifice. So he shut his mouth. But let me tell you, the next time we hear Jesus, the Bible says he's a, his mouth shall be like a double-edged sword. And he's coming to execute judgment, not to the church. Because we're coming with him. This is talk, I'm talking about the second coming. Jesus is going to take care of the devil. He's going to take care of all the ungodly with the sword of his mouth. We ain't going to have to do We're going to be saying hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord while all that's going on. But that's righteous indignation that all that time that he was persecuted on that cross and he said not a word, it's been stored up for the wrath of God, not against the church, but against the ungodly. So if you're listening online, if you're here in this place and you've never said yes to Jesus, do it today. The sacrifice has been made. The blood has been shed. But there's something you got to do. There's something I had to do. I had to believe in Jesus. I had to believe that God, I had to believe that a miracle birth took place. That a virgin conceived by the name of Mary. A virgin gave birth by the name of Emmanuel, God with us, who is Jesus, who, would be the, who is the Savior that would save man from his sins. I believed that. I confessed that to God, but then I also confessed it to men. Because Jesus said, he said, my father, if you'll confess me before my father, before the world, I'll confess you to the father. That's what it takes. Faith is not silent. Faith expresses what it believes. And when you make that public confession, when you make that confession to God, that's the only person you got to talk to about your sin. But then your confession of faith is to witnesses about Jesus will change you. And you can't be quiet about Jesus. I'm talking about how good he is. He is good all the time. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this service. We thank you, Lord, for miracles right now, Father God. The greatest miracle displayed on this earth was you. We thank you, Father God, for the sacrifice, for the blood that was shed. And if you listen online and you've never made Jesus your Lord, if you're here in this church and you never said yes to Jesus, I would, I would ask you to say yes to him now. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says, if I believe in my heart, that Christ was raised from the dead, that he's God's only son. If I believe that and confess that, the Bible says I'll be born again. I'll be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I'd encourage you to make that confession today and then I would encourage you to come to this church, 757 Harris Street in Concord, but you need to get into a body of believers that believe on Jesus, the miracle worker, and you'll see miracles and you will, you will take faith and you'll go be a miracle to somebody else and if you need healing in your body you need healing in your finances he's the one that'll change it but you got to do the next step you got to step out and you got to come forward in this church or wherever you are you got to come to jesus and then you got to go out and you got to do what he asks you to do make disciples be a blessing go out and do go out and do good to all those around you. Bless those that despitefully use you. Pray for those that curse you. But you got to have, you got to have the, if you're born again, you also need to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and power. 
That's with the evidence of speaking in tongues, an unknown language to men, but a known language to God. If you're here online, you've never received that, today's a good day to get born again, to get born again and be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you've never done that, you want to make that confession or you want to speak in tongues, I'd ask you to get out of that seat. I've had, come, I have, I've had a couple people run, get up and run down here to get it. And you know what? They were baptized as soon as they got up because it's when they took that step of faith. I can't take that step for you. You've got to take that step to Jesus. And I'll tell you what, if you'll step to him, you'll never fall backwards. It says the Bible says he'll, he's prayed for you that your faith faileth not. But faith has to be seen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you're online and you, you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, go to the book of Acts. Go to Acts 2. Read about how the Holy Ghost came. Believers laid hands. They prayed, believing and expecting to have the power to be that witness that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. And he'll baptize you with fire and power. Amen. And you'll go out here and do the work that he's called you to do. But you won't do it in your own ability. You'll do it in the whole, the whole backing of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we just believe right now. Those watching, those here, Lord, we just pray this prayer with me, church. Father, in Jesus' name, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Because you said, if I confess you before men, you'll confess me before the Father. I believe and I receive and I will do what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's just let the Holy, let's let the Holy Spirit work a minute here, a minute or two. Let's just pray. Let's just believe for miracles. If there's a specific miracle that we can agree with you, come up here to the front and we'll pray and we'll agree. But you can, sit, you can sit here right here just like Moses was in the presence. You can't have the presence of God and not have the power of God. And I believe, I have received, my family, we have, we have experienced the power and the presence of God and his mighty work and power. And all you got to do is reach out and believe and grab a hold of it just like a lightning rod. And his power will come in and he will consume. It will come just like a photographer takes a picture and it leaves an image some of us have have have, have seen things in our lives that has that has that has put a deep image of fear of doubt of torment right now in the name of Jesus I destroy that image in your life no longer will that image that hurt that's been taken in your life manifest anymore in your life in the name of Jesus. I turn on the light in that dark room right now by the Spirit of God. Any dark images right now that's been planted in your heart or in your mind by the Spirit of God, I cancel it with the light right now in the name of Jesus. And if it was affecting anything that's causing disease in your body, I bind that spirit right now in the name of Jesus and I command you to be loose from that infirmity in the name of Jesus. I command it out of your body I command your mind to be clear and for you to hear the word of God, for you to hear the shepherd's voice. 
No longer these dark voices, no longer these deceiving voices, but you will hear the chief shepherd say, this is the way, walk in it, and you will not have your miracle delayed in the name of Jesus. There's many false Christs, but there's only one, the Christ, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is the true one that brings miracles. I said he's the true miracle worker. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If that was you, just take it. No longer are you going to be in a dark place. And don't go to that dark place. Get others out of dark places. Bring them into the light. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's make sure everything's said today. Make sure everybody's been touched today. Thank you, Lord. We just submit to you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Anybody has a word, you feel a word in your spirit for the body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
David taught us in the Psalms. I will bless the Lord at all, my, at all times. His word will continually be in my heart and in my mouth. Sometimes you just might need to sing it out. Get you a psalm, get you something and just sing. Because the Lord is there. He's here. He never leaves. He never forsakes us. But faith is voice activated. It might, you might need a song or a hymn, but you need him. Amen. And when you invoke, you invoke him into your life, he shows up. Some of you, some of you there's, there's people in your way. Some of you have people that are your enemies. Now, it's not the people, but it's the spirit behind those people. The Lord's telling you, you're going to have to walk away. He said, the time, it's time to walk away. You've done all you can right now. Walk away. He says, walk away. If that's for you, you'll know. I've got to walk away from this person right now. Or persons. Wise, walk with the wise. Amen. It's in the scriptures. Walk with the Lord. Amen. We're living in critical times. We're living in perilous times. This is not the time to be have one foot in the fence and one foot in the world. It's time to be all aboard for Jesus because he's the shepherd and he's out to protect his sheep. And there's people out there, there's possessed people out there that are out to do, we're seeing them, to shoot, to riot, but we're the Lord's, amen? And he protects those who trust in him, amen? And he'll show us, he shows us, and he warns us of things to come and, from, and to stay away from situations. So, Father, I thank you today, Lord. We thank you for the miracle. We thank you, Lord, for miracles, Lord, keeping us from the evil one. As we leave this house, we leave this temple, Lord, that we have constructed here, Father God, to come together, to gather together, that when we leave this temple, Lord, you never leave us. And we thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over every family, every person in this home or watching online. I plead the blood. I apply the blood over you. What the devil meant to harm you, he, it shall not come to pass. Jesus is going to protect you. Jesus is going to bless you. You're his. And I give you praise for that. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Pastor Reed, will you come dismiss us? Hallelujah. Come back next Sunday. Pastor Reed will be delivering our message our fourth Sunday. Judy, Jackie, and uh, be expecting miracles. Amen. It's easy to expect a miracle when you is one, <laughs> when you've seen things happen. Amen. I remember one time that uh, I, I, I never knew the story about Ruthie uh, and her bowed legs, but I remember a year or so ago, God still delivered her legs because she went through uh, something with, with uh, getting her knee dis disorganized or whatever, but God's still living in her. The miracle is still in her knees and in her legs, and Reed's going to dismiss us. All minds and hearts clear. Amen. Repeat after me. Well, I say unto one, I say unto all, watch 
pray, pray. Fast. fast, study my Bible, love one another in Jesus name amen you're dismissed thank you for joining us today at Word of Faith Worship Center I pray God's grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ and if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior then according to Romans 10 8 through 10 the word is nigh to thee in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart you believe unto righteousness, and with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. We would ask you today to simply say, Yes, I believe this, and I say yes to Jesus. Now, if you just received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we would encourage you to get into a good church. Our church is located at 757 Harris Street, Northwest, Concord, North Carolina, 28025. And you can also find us on the internet at wordoffaithworshipcenter.org or wofwc.org. We hope to see you soon. Blessings.